Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hello, friends. I wanted to thank y'all so much for taking the time out of your day or your commute to listen to this podcast. Let's get started. All right. So today I wanted to talk about excuses. I love talking about excuses. And part of what Madeline said when I interviewed her, you can listen to that when it's the episode before this one. She is in her 70s and she said age is not an excuse for anything. She's dating. She's participating in Olympic or not Olympic, but senior um, national games. There are very few things age can legitimately restrict you from doing. I tried to use my own age as an excuse for, ironically, teaching retired people how to overcome excuses and live the best chapter of their lives yet. This was an Ollie class through the university, and these are classes for retired people and they're free. Um, But yeah, I mean, I thought about it for probably a year and a half before I finally signed up. And I just thought, I'm not old enough to give these people advice. I don't have enough life lessons. But listen, these students were already living their best life. They were already taking risk and trying new things, which is why they were doing the classes. They're learning new languages, taking math classes, uh, cooking classes, Tai Chi classes. These people were traveling all over the place and living life to the max. And as is so often the case, I learned way more from them than they learned from me. For example, one thing they taught me was vision boards. You know, I've talked about that before, and I was telling them about Pinterest and putting it online, putting your vision board online, and um, they were very unanimous in their um, opinion that you need a good old-fashioned magazine or photo-inspired vision board. But anyway, let's go back to excuses. All right, so for me... uh, have plenty of excuses. One that I used for years was, A, my husband probably wouldn't let me do A, B, or C. And then B, I would be like, I have two kids at home. You know, that kind of trumped everything. If you say, I have two little ones at home, then people just kind of shrug their shoulders like, yep, you're right. You have two little kids at home. Now my kids aren't so little, but um, when I would say, my husband probably won't let me do blah, 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 that was totally a lie. That was me putting the monkey on my husband's back so that I could stay nice and safe and free from scariness of doing new things or changing. And then the excuse about my kids is also silly because moms get more done than anyone else on the planet. 
Really, we can totally kick butt at whatever we set our minds to. We can write a book like you hear um, Glennon Doyle or trying to think of another author, even Suzanne Kingsbury I had on the show recently. And they talk about how they wrote a book in 30 minutes or an hour a day. You'll hear women say, yeah, I was sitting in the carpool line or, um, you know, waiting on my kids to do their homework and I was working on my book. So I thought I was being honest when I said I couldn't do something because I have two kids and a husband who need me. But really, they need a hope who's happy and fulfilled. They do not need a hope who's bitter and resentful about not doing what she feels pulled towards. I also used to use uh, money as an excuse. And I still, I have to catch myself. Money is one of those things that it's, um, I often use it as a crutch or a limiting belief. So money might be perceived as a legitimate excuse, but it's often not based on facts. It's based on how we think things will go based on our perception of past experiences. So I'll repeat that. So often what our excuses are based on is how we project things will go, how we think things will go, but that's based on our perception, which may be skewed, of past experiences. So my husband, he's great about calling me out on stuff like this. I was saying, oh, I don't think I can take the functional medicine class. It's so much money. And he's like, have you even pulled up mint.com? Have you looked at the numbers? Have you worked on a budget? I was like, no, no, I hate mint. I hate doing the budget. But the reason is when <clears throat> I do mint or look at the budget, I'm confronted with, you know, there is a way to make this work. And then I can't um, use that as an excuse. I have to step up to the plate and do what I said I wanted to do. It was safer to stay the same and not challenge myself to learn like all this new medical stuff. Um, my husband, I've said this before, he used the excuse about being too old when he was thinking about getting his PhD. And he was telling our marriage therapist, like, I would be 46 by the time I'm done. Um, and she's like, Chase, you're going to be 46 in four years, whether you work on this degree or not. And he could have also used time as an excuse. He's still working full time, but it's something that he wanted to do and he signed up and he's doing it. If you play small, life will deliver small results. If you dream of moving beyond where you are, then you'll have to acknowledge um, your fear and your excuses and confront those. So one of mine is um, when I have something that I want to do, but I'm really scared to do it, I found that if I put it on my to-do list, like on my phone, I have, you know, a notepad app. If I put it on my to-do list, at first I totally ignore it. And I think, I'm not going to do that. Like, yeah, right. And then it kind of haunts me. It just, I can't get it out of my head. And every time I look at my to-do list, it's like taunting me. <laughs> and this was the case with recording a trailer for the podcast. I told y'all, I thought about it for two years and finally did it. And so I broke it down into little steps because if I just wrote, do a podcast on my to-do list, that's overwhelming. That takes days and hours. But if you put record a trailer for the podcast, like you can do that. It You could be done in 30 minutes. Um, so anyway, that sat on my to-do list for a long time. And 
finally, I couldn't ignore it anymore. It was eating at me, calling my name. And then I couldn't not do it. So I did it. What about shyness? A lot of us women use shyness as an excuse. And Madeline says, you have to get over your shyness. Shyness is one of those enablers. It enables you to play small. And like I said, if you play small, life will give you itty bitty little insignificant results. Um, For years, I used shyness as an excuse to not put myself out there. Um, And I don't know if it was shyness as much as horrible self-consciousness about all things me. Part of the problem for me, though, was that my body would give me away by turning beet red. I'd get these huge blotches, bright red blotches on my chest, my neck, my face. I mean, it looked painful and I couldn't hide the terror inside. And I would see the people I was talking to, their eyes would go from my eyes and (laughs) they would travel down my neck and look at my chest and they would look pained. Like they knew that they were causing me emotional pain and terror And then they wanted to get out of the conversation as quickly as possible. And you can imagine being a healthcare provider and having to stand in front of people and seeing this over and over. Um, uh, Time helped with that. But as far as giving talks or speeches or going for an interview where there's several people and their eyes are on me, This was terrible um, until a physician on my internal medicine rotation suggested I take a beta blocker medicine to block that fight or flight response that my body was having. So I tried it out for my first job interview and holy cannoli, this tiny little white pill was like a magic bullet. It was like an invisibility cape. It miraculously kept my body from telling everyone how afraid I was. And the funny thing is, once I realized I was not going to die during a speech or an interview, then I felt empowered. And it, my fear didn't go away right away, but I no longer had the excuse. So yesterday, I even participated in a Toastmasters meeting without my magic pill. I felt my courage muscle growing stronger. I still felt my heart like thumping out of my chest because they do something called table topics where they call on people and you have to give a one minute response to whatever the question is. And oh my gosh, I felt so nervous. But I realized, you know, those pills are like Dumbo's feather. They don't make me not afraid, but they give me the belief that I can do it and they take away the excuse of shyness and fear. So I'll quit all my rambling and give you a few take-home points. So the first thing is do something every week that makes your stomach clench in fear. So what did I do this week? I reached out to someone um, to be on my podcast who felt way out of my league. And even though that voice in my head was, you know, filling me with self-doubt, I sent the scary email. Number two, name your excuses, then debunk them one by one. Write out the times in your life when you've overcome similar obstacles. For my shyness, I reminded myself how I used to love being on camera. I used to love reading out loud in class. I would do it in a British accent many times. Um, I enjoyed being in elementary school plays. Number three, try beaming your six-year-old self to the present situation. 
She was not making up excuses. She was doing it. She was doing life. So I've noticed like in the, just in the last week, I've observed my third grader and she is just doing it, living life. She built a humongous fort in her room that the cat destroyed twice by leaping on top of the blankets. I mean, this took her 45 minutes each time to build it and the cat knocked it down, but she just kept doing it. She sold bracelets in our front yard. She created a new recipe of melted chocolate and starburst candy. She attempted a front walkover no less than 100 times, despite falling all 100 times. She just keeps doing it. Number four, write down scary things you would do if only you had the courage. Look at those things every day. You will be astounded how they become less scary the longer they sit on your to-do list. And before you know it, you will do it. And lastly, make courage a habit. My friend Amy, the same one who convinced me to teach an Ollie class, she tries to schedule a weekly coffee or phone call with someone, these are my words, of interest. So anybody that seems interesting to her or they're doing something cool and she'd like to learn more, she reaches out to them and she asks them all kinds of questions about themselves. I'm sure she's still nervous about doing it, but she does it anyway and now it's a habit. All right, so y'all reach out to me. Let me know what you've done this week that's scary or what you plan to do. Send me a DM. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you like this podcast and think someone else could benefit, please share it. I'd also love for you to write a review on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify or Apple. And lastly, if you would like more of the same, come over to my website, hopethepa.com. Thank y'all for listening.